Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your book. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, uh, Lord, we trust in it and obey, Lord, the joy that you give us. Lord, help us, Lord, just, uh, Lord, receive, Lord, instruction from your word tonight, Lord. And Lord, we pray for our pastor as well, Lord, that you just heal him up. Lord, thank you for everybody here, Lord. And Lord, just give us the comfort and the conviction, Lord, and just uh, everything that you can do, Lord, that your Holy Spirit can do, Lord, that I can't. And Lord, I just pray that you bless this evening, bless our pastor, Lord, and this time we have together to fellowship in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So an update on pastor is uh, he is home now. So he's healing up. So, I mean, he's healing up slowly. And he says, uh, he says he's, he's praying for everyone here. And so he's tired. I asked him if he's going to be here. He said, no, he's pretty tired. So just keep him in prayer. He's eating solid foods now. So little bits at a time. So, I mean, praise the Lord. That's, uh, that's leaps and bounds. You know what I mean? That's, that's, a, that's very encouraging to hear that. So, amen. Maybe, uh, maybe y'all see him Sunday, maybe. I got a list from Amy, so that's that's pretty good. <laughs> so, right. Oh, and I, I apologize. Yeah. So we got uh, Wanda's memorial at eleven Saturday. I apologize for that. So, yep, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah. So, I am looking forward to that. So, I mean, well, I had this thought in reading this chapter, and then you know, you go through old books that you read before, and you know, you get new thoughts in them as you go through. The Lord starts showing you something. And I had this thought, if just you ever, I mean, this is not the really, I mean, this is the best way I can know. You ever just not liked somebody? <laughs> right. Like, you know, you ever just had problems with somebody, you just didn't like them. We've all been there. Everybody's like, I'm not lifting my hand for that, Mike. I'm not lifting ever that preacher, you know, but uh, we've all been there. We've all been there with somebody you work with. I mean, I, everybody's got that certain someone that came into your mind right there. Somebody you just, you don't like them. Now, I remember there was this guy I worked with for a long time and I did not like him, you know, and he always just, he was always just, uh, he was a, like a Jerry Springer person. You know what I mean? Just, he was always about drama. He was just always about the, he said, she said stuff. And it was just that that just goes against everything that I am. I don't like that. I don't like drama. I don't like Jerry Springer. I don't like any of the other shows. I'm not going to watch them because they're a waste and absolute of my time, let alone talking about the he said, she says, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But, you know, you just get to thinking about that. And I mean, you ever had somebody be mean to you? And this person, I mean, he'd, he'd call you out sometime. You know what I mean? Just kind of be a jerk, new as a Christian, and call you this and that. And, and I remember one time, and, and it was in the, we was building the zoo up there. Up at the zoo, we did, they did a little water addition building, and we stoned this whole entire thing. And this was back in the recession, and I just got hired on at this Clinger Masonry outfit. And this was during the recession. I just got this job, and it was paying good, and, he got me the job and I was there and uh, he threatened me because I wouldn't do stuff his way, but he didn't know how to do it. And I knew more than he did on that side, but because he, he got me the job, he figured he was the boss, even though he wasn't the boss. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm going to get you fired. And this was during the recession, man. And I lost it. I went right up to him and I don't get close to people. I learned that when I lived in North Portland 
If somebody comes within arm's reach and you're there threatening, you just handle business. But I didn't want him to know what I was going to... I mean, I just wanted him to know the words I was saying. And I got inches of his face and I said, let's just go behind the building and settle this right now. The Lord rebuked me later for it. But I get this. I know you're like, what in the world? Where are you going? <laughs> you know what I mean? But over those people that you hate and those people that you despise and you just can't stand. I mean, would you tell them about the gospel? I mean, I told them a few times with a shoddy testimony. You know, I've threatened to beat somebody up and he knows I'm a Christian, you know, and he knows that I've changed He's, you know, through all this, but would you still take the gospel to him? Amen. Open the book of Jonah. Book of Jonah. Now, what if they's going to die? What if they's on their deathbed? It's kind of what you have here with Jonah. You got a whole town that's whole city unwilling to repent. God says, God's going to send a preacher over there. He says, you know what? Go, go cry against them. See if they're going to repent or else I'm just going to wipe them out. And you know what? Jonah don't want to do it because he hates them. He don't like them. Luke 6, 36 says, be therefore merciful as your father in heaven is also, as your father is also merciful. You know, Jonah did not want to tell them God about how, God did not want to tell the Ninevites just how merciful God was. You get that look over in Jonah chapter 2 before we get Jonah chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before Tarshish, for thy knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of a great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. These are all the things Jonah knew of God. But yet he didn't want to go tell them about the Lord. It's one of the only, it's the one and only Old Testament document addressing foreign, foreign missions. It's kind of neat. I like in the, I'm going to read the top of mine and I got a skull field. It says, the historical character of the man Jonah is vouched for by Jesus Christ over there in Matthew. As also that his preservation in the great fish was a sign or type of the Lord's own entombment and resurrection. Both are miraculously and both equally credible. The man himself was a bigoted Jew, unwilling to testify to a Gentile city and angry that God had spared it. Typically he foreshadows the nation of Israel out of its own land, a trouble to the Gentiles, yet witnessing to them, Cast out by them, but miraculously preserved in the future deepest distressing call upon the Jehovah Savior and finding deliverance unto then becoming missionaries to the Gentiles. I like this. He typifies Christ as the sent one raised from the dead and carrying salvation to the Gentiles. And I like that. I mean, that's how I got saved. You know, praise the Lord. Somebody brought a preacher to me to give me a track and I got saved later on. Well, we'll read these first four verses. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, 
Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go into them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was likely to be broke. You know, Jonah stand or falls in his relationship to his obedience to what God says, which is what most people do. If you're going to abide by this word and be obedient to what this word is, that's where it makes a difference. Or if you're going to disobey the word and then you're going to suffer the consequences afterwards. So, I mean, that's what it is. Jonah stands or falls in his relationship to his obedience to what God says. Period. And so do all of us. I think of Naaman. I know we're not going to turn there. I've thought of Naaman many times. You've heard me talk about Naaman many times. Naaman went down there and he was a leper and he went to put himself before Elisha. But Elisha sends out a servant and he gets all distraught about it. He says, you know, I don't want to do what the Lord told me to do. And his friends come up and say, what, man, if you bid you do some great thing, why don't you just go do it? And he says, man, but those those rivers are better over here. I got a better way. I, I think of a better thought. and I, My plans are better. <laughs> but that ain't what God said. But yet, he's going to go. But they said, look, man, just, just go do it. Just go dip seven times. Just go be obedient. And he come forth and his, his skin was as a child again. And boy, he still got his joy back. And he says, now I know that there's no other God except here in Israel. He just came right to it. Nineveh will live or die based on the response to the Word of God. That preacher's going to go in there and he's going to proclaim, you know, what is it? 30 days is going to be overthrown or something like that. We'll get to it. But that's pretty much it. Repent, get right, or God's going to judge you. Period. Well, I don't believe that guy. Well, you're fixing to find out. You know, but nope. They get right. I think of Josiah. I told you before, that's not, and I'll use that till the day I die. Josiah is the one that scares me the most. Because you read just how good he was and how much the Passover he kept. But yet he was unwilling to listen to the words that came out of Necho's mouth. That he thought, you know what, that guy isn't speaking the word of the Lord. I don't have to be obedient to what that guy says. Who is that guy? Man, I am a, I'm God's chosen people. You're just a Gentile dog. And because he disguised himself and went out to war, he died. He got judged. I mean, it's Josiah. Scares me. Being disobedient to what the word of the Lord says. God uses a man. God will use a woman to go speak to another woman or even other men. God will use a man to go speak to another man and tell them about the Lord. That's the way it's done. 
Turn over there to Romans chapter number 10. Hold your place there in the book of Jonah. Where did my bookmark go? Who's know my bookmarks? Romans chapter number 10. I'm in number 8. And in verse number 11. It says, For what for the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all them that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we know these verses. And we know through 9 through 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, verse number 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But verse number 14 says, How then they shall call upon him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Just going out there. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings and good tidings. Just telling people about the Lord. A preacher's got to be sent. I'm thankful for Rocco. I am. If I hadn't got that track all them years ago, I mean, I don't, I don't know what would happen. I really don't. I know Heidi was coming to this church back then, and but... I don't know. I wouldn't have probably had that, might not had that bond with him. Might not have got saved then. You never know. The impact just of a track will make, or just your witness to them. But you do know what the impact of Christ will make in somebody's life. Think about how much it's made in yours. Amen. Turn back over there to the Book of Jonah. Book of Jonah, verse number two says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Notice how simple God's instructions here. I mean, this is pretty much third grade English, maybe less. Arise, go, and cry. Arise, not idleness, not just sitting there, not just waiting, but rather getting up, get on your feet, go out there and walk and go somewhere, go tell somebody, arise, just get up. A lot of your problems can be solved just in that right there. I, like I said before, that's one of the biggest verses that's helped me is, and you know, and, and the word, earth was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God sat on His 
couch and, you know, was depressed and looked at his Facebook account. It doesn't say that, does it? No. It says that darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He just moved. Arise. Go. Not sit there until someone keeps comes seeking the message. You don't find that in Scripture. I want you just to go sit over here and you're going to wait for somebody to come up and ask you for whatever. You know what I mean? You won't find that. You'll find a rise and go. Go ye therefore. Preach the gospel. Look at Mark chapter 16. Popular passage. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15 says, Go, and he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he told them to go. Go forth. Just go. Look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and verse number 21 says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. Now He's sending them. Go. Go tell somebody and cry against it for their wickedness. You know that cry didn't mean He goes in there and He You start crying. Go cry. You guys need to repent. That's not what it meant. Many lifted up his voice. You know, I seen some, you know, or listen to some preaching going in and some, my guy I work with, he doesn't like the loud preaching. You get over in the East Coast, you know, a lot of those guys tend to lift up their voice a little bit more and they're shouting, seems like, but you know what? That's crying. They're just going to, Talk a little bit louder like this, you know. They're going to cry against it. That's what John the Baptist did. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't a Joel Osteen preacher. I'll call out that guy. I'm not going to call anybody else, but that guy, anyhow. I mean, you just got it. You know what I mean? No, he cried against it for their wickedness. He's going to cry against Look at John chapter 3. And you can be nice to people when you tell them the gospel. It's probably a better thing. But we're just looking, going through the book of Jonah and he's crying against it. You know, just against the whole city too. Not just personal relationships with people. John chapter 3 and oh, I got it wrong. What was I looking at? I think it's Matthew. It was Matthew. I apologize. I'm not dyslexic. I just like to write the wrong names completely down. 
<laughs> right, all right. Thank you, Amy, very much. Matthew chapter 3, and it says, In those days, verse number 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So he's just crying. He's lifting up his voice saying, Repent! Not repent. You guys just need to repent. You know, come on. He's crying, lifting up his voice. It's a hard and it's a negative message that you ain't good enough. The stuff you've been doing is wrong. And you need to repent. You need to just turn completely 180 degrees and go the other way. Like when a thief starts giving to the poor. That's what it says, I think, over there in Corinthians. Or Ephesians, I forget, but it's in there. I know. <laughs> I apologize. But it's in there. That Repent. It's impossible to stand for the truth without standing against error. And I've been seeing some of these... I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but just... Uh, this is what the school teachers teach. Gender confusion now. Well, you get frustrated. It's going to have to, you get, you're going to be taking a stand against what truth is. There's a truth there. A man is a man and a woman is a woman. Okay? You don't get to choose. This isn't, this is just, it's science, it's facts, it's truth, and it's the way God intended it. And I'm going to stop there. But you're going to, they're going to get offended. But that doesn't mean that that's not the truth. But they got to repent. If you're, be happy to choose a man. Be happy to choose a woman. That's the way you're intended to be. Don't let somebody else choose that for you. Amen. We learn that the Ninevites repented and God turned away from His wrath. You know what? But they had to be warned. Sent Jonah. He had to be made aware of their sin. Before they're going to turn from their iniquity. That's just basic stuff. I mean, so is the gospel of this for our age. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. So we're still preaching. That's the gospel. Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was preaching. Acts chapter 20, verse 21. You know, quit your wicked ways and start seeking after God. Repent. You know, no one got saved unless they needed that grace and mercy. Unless they realized that they's a sinner. When we was in Kansas, in our drink here, and Sharon and Sharon Brown's one of the probably the best soul winning ladies I've ever seen. I mean, we got some great ones here in this church too. But when a bunch of these kids come up, you know, and six, seven kids come up to get saved, you know, it's kind of you, you know you got to sort through it. You know what I mean? And you just can't start pushing kids over to here. But she just. 
First question she asked, are you a sinner? Are you a sinner? Nope. Go ahead then. If you don't believe you're a sinner, you don't need to get saved. What do you need saved for then? Are you self-righteous? I don't need saved. I've, I can do it on my own. No, you can't. You need a Savior. He bled and died for your sin. But one day we had six kids got saved. The first time I was there, the first year we went there, and then the, this last time we went there, 12 kids got saved. Man, it was a, it was a blessing. It was great just to see that. But I remember that first meeting. I'll never forget. I got, I got his name written down in, in the book of Joe, in my Bible right there. His name was Dylan Essen. Dylan Essen, he, he came all the way from Missouri. His, his uh, family was kind of split up, but his family brought him in there and was able to bring him to that BBS there. And, uh, he was 12 years old. And, uh, he was, I was sitting right about over here and, and he was back a couple rows all by himself and you could just see the fear in his eyes. Just, I mean, fear of just dying and going to hell. And Miss Sharon Brown's just sitting right here on the on the thing, and she's just as sweet as can be. And she says, "Have any of you told lies?" And he goes, "I told lies, and I stole." <laughs> and I look back, and just I mean, scared to death. And I said, "I was like, Amen, buddy." I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting. It was it was real, and he got it. And he knew, you know, he got, he got saved that night. Amen. You know what I mean? He was just scared that his sin was going to send him to hell. And he got saved. Amen. But I remember just, it was that real to him. You know what I mean? He just, he just, I'm, I'm ready to come forward now. Just, I mean, he stood up when he said it too. It was just, you don't see that that much. That's why it, it stood out to me so much, you know. Dylan Essen. Good kid, got to see him there. He helped out. He was, I mean, it was just, it was great. Turn back over there to the book of Jonah. Yeah, I got it. He got saved 719 to 21. I got it written right here in my Bible. Dylan Essen. Pray for him every time I read through here. Verse number two. It says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. You know what? God sees everything. You ain't going to hide from God. You can't. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Their wickedness came up before Him. That means God knew about it. He knows everything. You can't hide it from Him. Hebrews chapter 4, and verse 13. Apologize, my. It says neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He sees everything. He sees right through you. He sees right onto your hearts. He sees right onto your intentions. He knows everything. He knows why you did it. David even says, "My thoughts are ever before thee." And we'll get, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I mean, I got, there's nothing. He, I like how Terrence Calvin said it. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? <laughs> it's funny. I mean, but I was like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, you know, 
God's like, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. He never said that. You know what I mean? Nothing ever occurred to him. But God's always going to send a messenger for his word. He sent Noah. He sent Lot to that town. He's not willing that any should perish. And they warned him of the wages of sin. I think it's safe to say, you know, he sent him there to repent. He didn't send him, he didn't send Jonah there to change the politics of the town. Or even go to this, you know, get involved in that stuff. You got to fix that sin problem first. It don't matter who you get elected into office. I get so tired of the Trump, 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 Biden, Biden, Biden. I mean, yeah, they're they're wicked. They both are. Amen. They're not the end of. They're not the solution to the problem. Jesus Christ is going to be the only one that can ever solve that problem. They need to get saved. They need to get in a church. They need to get born again. And they start living for God. They need to have a change of heart. Yeah. We know as soon as that happens, they're going to get the... <laughs> you ain't welcome here anymore. And, you know, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's what John 3.6 says. You ain't going to change it. Only God can. People need to repent. That change in their heart and that faith towards Jesus Christ. Look at Jonah chapter, or verse number 3. It says, But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This is Jonah's response to God's word. His soul heard that word and he made a decision. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I ain't going to listen. I'm going to go do something else. Right? So you go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 again. Verse number 12, very popular verse, memory scripture. Probably ask, I mean, probably numerous people here could quote it. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even and dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man, that verse is endless. Jonah heard that word, says, you know what? Rise and go to Nineveh and cry against that city. And that word came in, he said, nope. Now you're disobedient. That's your decision making. That's where you now, now you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. Once you go in the disobedience, he made his decision. You know, people can choose to do right and be obedient to it, or they can choose to go be wrong 
They can get right. That's another thing. You can just get right. Get right with the Lord. That's what your preacher said all the time. Get right. Or you can wait and see how that works out for you. Yeah. That's where that bitterness starts creeping in. You know, anger. And you just watch it. It just starts slowly trickling and falling away. Just, you can get a right heart. Or you can grow bitter. You can get joy. Or you can get angry. Jonah fled. This Bible says this twice in this verse. He fled from the presence of the Lord. That's what Cain did. So I don't know. This is just up for debate. Maybe we can do this when pastor feels better. But it says he was in the presence. It said the word came to him and he was in the presence of the Lord. Twice it says that. So is it, did the Lord tell him that? Because we know in the Old Testament the Lord's there. Some of those angels that didn't, that, that received worship. The Lord. He said, you know what? I don't want to be in the presence of the Lord anymore. Is that how we are? When something tough comes our way or something we got to do, go a little bit extra mile and, you know, go a little bit further to go tell somebody about this or just maybe reach out in faith just a little bit more. Am I making sense? You can't hide from God. You can't. Look at Psalms chapter 139. This is... Oh, praise God, I turned right to it. Oh, it's because I had a bookmark. Psalm 139. And in verse number... Verse number 1. It says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest that my thought afar off, and you can't hide. Thou compassed, compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For is there, there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid my hand, laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it is High, I cannot attain unto it. Look at this, verse number 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? You know what? You can't hide. God's going to see everything. No matter how big a fig leaf you get like Adam, you're still going to be, Where art thou? No matter how far down you go, even in hell. Look at verse number 8 of 139. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. He can see it. You can't hide. No matter how far down you go into the city, into Joppa, and how far are you willing to go, you ain't going to be able to hide. You're going to get on a ship. You're going to go hide in a pig pen. You can't hide. You'll pay the fare. 
just like Jonah did. If you're going to go try hide, how much are you willing to spend? You're going to spend it all and it ain't going to work. You might as well just give it all to the Lord and be obedient. I like what this one preacher said. He said, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. I think he got that out of the uh, prodigal son passage, but it certainly applies here because I think Jonah would be like, amen, that's right. I certainly do not want to end up in a whale's belly and then puked out on land. Unless that was the only way I could make it back to short, but I'd rather just ride on his back. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Can we just ride the dorsal fin all the way out there? Thank you, Lord, you know. But you know, I'm, I, I'll stop. But think about this. Jonah is putting his life in the hands of some Gentile pagan fishermen rather than do God's will. I mean, you think about that. Who are you willing to trust in that circumstance? And just go do that. No, I'm going to go hang out with these. I mean, this ain't like going out on that world's deadliest catch boat. This is some <laughs> riggedy old boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't, you know, not Evan Rude, Johnson powered motors. You know what I mean? Not Honda powered motors. These are, you know, he's willing to trust in those guys rather than just to trust in the Lord. Jonah rose up and went down. And from Satan's rebellion to the end of everyone that rises up against the Word of God, they go down. Everybody that's going to rise up to God's Word is going to go down. You ain't going to challenge it. You're going to go down. Just like Jonah did. Look at Psalm 1. We're still right there. Psalm 139, verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, amen, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Turn over there to Jeremiah. This is a great verse. Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter number 23 and verse number 23. It says, Am I a God at hand? Saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and the earth? Saith the Lord. And that pretty much sums it up. Jonah is going to learn the truth of these verses with experience. And he's going to learn it the hard way. So he paid the fare thereof. Romans says the wage of sin is death. You know what? But you're going to pay the price for disobedience. You will. Look at ver- Go back there to the book of Jonah and we'll finish with this last verse. Verse number 4. It says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea 
Hold on, let's back up. Let's just read it all over again. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. <clears throat> so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. You know what? It's pretty clear here that jo- Jonah has chosen conflict with God. I mean, there's a lot here in these first four verses, you know what I mean? And I keep, when I think of that, I'm just like, well, Jonah has chosen death. <laughs> I mean, you've chosen a great path here, Jonah. Chosen conflict with God. You know, there's a lot of, and I've said this before in teen class, there's a lot of buts in scriptures. I'm going to leave it right there. But in verse number three, you got but Jonah. Verse number four, you got but the Lord. I think it's Second Kings chapter five, you got but Gehazi. We all remember what he did. He inherited Naaman's leprosy. But, 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 but if he had just been obedient... You know, God's merciful. God's gracious. And when I think of Jonah has chosen death, that's not what God's thinking. God's merciful. God's gracious. It says, for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. Thank you. That's exactly right. And i got to hit just these last couple of Scriptures because if there's any point in this, you got to get this. You, you, when stuff just seems, you know, the Lord's chastening you, it's for your betterment. Same with your kids. You know, Mike, you could ask my kids, what did they mostly get in trouble for? You know what it was? Not listening. Yeah, no, you gotta, he's going to mock me. Not listening. Yeah, what? Yeah, there you go. Turn over there to the book of Hebrews. I think Paul, I mean, there's we got three, three places I want you to see and we'll be done. Book of Hebrews. I like how Paul writes this out. You know, God's gracious, merciful, long-suffering, and He chastens those who He loves. We don't have to read verses 1 and 2, but I like verses 1 and 2, so I want to read them. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also... We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside the weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. Yeah, but Jesus did. He sweat as if it was great drops of blood, it says over there. And He became sin for us. And look at this, verse number 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation. This is a forgotten exhortation. Something that people forget, but they need to... And it's an exhortation. It's going to help you. 
which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with, as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? And you know what happens to those kids? You just don't... They're all around us right now. We're just going to give them a time out. And now they're doing God knows what. They're not, they're rebellious. But if ye without chastisement, whereof, whereof are all partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. That just means you, you don't have a dad, okay? That's not a curse word. Furthermore, we have, I like this. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. That's me. That's you. That's the dads in here. And we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. You know what? I, I, I chastised my son for just the stuff that I wanted him to do. Look, I told you to go clean the yard. You know, I told you to do that. You needed to listen to what I told you to do, right? But he, pay attention, but he for our profit, but he for our profit, but he, but God for our profit, that he might be, that we might be partakers of his holiness. He just wants to mold you, just wants to change you, just wants you to become a little bit more holy. Till you get to that, whatever you're supposed to be, that image, Christ. It says over there, I forget what it is. Now, no chastisement. Here it is. For the present, no, no, not allowed. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Amen. But grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I like this. This is kind of funny. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. <laughs> Ain't that how people are when you get chastised? I mean, I've been there. Man, you're getting whooped. You know what I mean? You're just... Like, no, just stand up, lift up your hands and your feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. You see that? That's key. I'm, you don't want to get right. You're getting chastened and you know what's going to happen? You're going to get bitter. Just like Peter did over there. And I'm going to take a time. He got, you know, what about that guy, Lord? Don't worry about what that guy said. You just do what I told you to do. Follow thou me. Look at verse number 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold not sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance. There's that word again. He didn't want to repent. He didn't want to get right. Though he sought it carefully with tears, he just didn't do it. Cried about it. But he didn't do it. Proverbs 3.11 says the same thing. You know what? God loves you. And he'll put a storm in your midst because he loves you. He could have just killed him, 
Could have fired him. Could have just sent somebody else. And he said, no. No. I'm going to work right here on this thing right here. We're going to work on this. And until we get it solved, we'll close with this one. Turn to Psalms chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119. And verse number 75 says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou unfaithfulness has afflicted me. We need it. I need it. Jonah needed it. I'm thankful the Lord just didn't when I did, wasn't getting it or I was going, the Lord said, Lord, Mike, I want you to go this way. And I said, no, I'm going to go this way. I'm thankful he just didn't go. Pow. <laughs> what happened to Mike? He went that way and died. <laughs> you know, He's merciful. Amen. Psalms 136 one says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. And I'm sure sure thankful for His mercy tonight. I'm thankful He's been good to me, just a sinner, just like Mike. Amen. Uh, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this book, Lord. I thank You, Lord, just for Jonah. Lord, I thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, who bled and died, Lord, and rose again, Lord, that He just answers our prayers, Lord, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, we can repent of our ways. Lord, we thank you for this book, Lord, and just how it gives us instruction. And Lord, may we just be mindful of it, Lord, and just with an open heart and a willing heart, Lord, just seek thee and be willing to be corrected. Lord, thank you again, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, your long-suffering, Lord, and your kindness towards just sinful men like us. Lord, thank you for everybody here. Pray for our pastor, Lord, that you heal him up, Lord, that we might see him Sunday. And we just thank you and, and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.